Cloud9. I am Jonathan Nato, and I am with Hamad Zaidi. Hey, Hamad, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jonathan. How are you? Everything's going fine on my end, and I can't complain. So, Jonathan, today we're going to talk about finding balance. Nice. And um, there are three things that really put me in motion in life. Mm. And, and they were learning how to tie a shoe, learning how to ride a bike, and learning how to drive a stick shift car, like a manual car. Mm. So today we're going to go over those three moments and discuss them, but not just discuss how they happened, but also discuss how they affected me moving forward. Mm, that sounds awesome. Yeah, but before we start, you know, I promise our listeners that I'm always honest about my life. So I've got to tell you why I came to this conclusion to discuss this today. As, as I was walking my dog, Sonny, this morning, I was thinking about what am I going to talk about today when we get on the, the podcast together. And you know what happened? <laughs> I, was, I was walking through a puddle, which I shouldn't have done. I always tell Lena and Zoe never to walk through puddles. I was walking through a puddle, and I actually lost my balance, right? Yeah. And I fell really, really hard in this very large puddle. Oh, right? man. So I hurt my my right elbow, which is dangerous because my right side is the only side that actually works. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I've got a really sore right elbow. I think my leg is a little bit scraped. And I laid there in this very large puddle <laughs> that was pro there's probably a mix of, um, you know, do the sprinklers in the park I was at, maybe a bit of dog urine, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I'm laying there, and I looked up at the sky, and I thought, all right, this is a sign. I guess I have to talk about finding balance because, yeah. you know, the universe is telling me, hey, Hamad, we know you're going to talk about finding balance in your life, but guess, just as a reminder, you don't have it completely. <laughs> We're going to trip you up just a little bit to make you remind yourself that you don't have full balance. <laughs> Man, so, now, Sonny didn't take off, did he? Did he stick around? No, no, no. Sonny, my, my dog, she uh, she just looked at me and started licking my face. And I'm looking at her like, sweetie, you're like a 75-pound yellow Labrador. Help daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but no, no, but we survived and I got back and my jeans are ruined and, you know. It smelled horrible, but, you know, it all worked out. Yeah, it always does, right? Yeah, it always does. So let's dive into this. I want to start the, the first one with tying shoes, right? Mm, mm. And to remind people, and I know I've mentioned this once before, but I used to always pull my shoelaces as tight as I can, roll them into a ball, and tuck them just into the side of my shoe. Okay, yeah. Right? And I got to tell you, kids today... Your children and my children, very lucky. We didn't have Velcro shoes in the 70s. Right. right? And, and if we did, they certainly were not hip. They, no, there may no. have been some, like, medical issue shoes. Exactly. Right? <laughs> right? But Nike or Skechers or Adidas, none of them made hip Velcro shoes. No, like no, not at all. Right? So I would always just pull the shoelaces tight and tuck them into the side of my shoe and run around. But since I love sports so much, they'd always come untied. Right. I'd always wind up, wind up running over my laces and falling, right? <laughs> and my teachers would always say, you need to learn how to tie your shoes, right? Yeah. But I remember a teacher came up to me and said, 
how long are you going to go without learning how to tie your shoes? Not, not a teacher, a therapist, mm. right? A physical therapist. And, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, they're easier to take off if they're not tied. And she stood there with me and said, look, you need to learn. Let's do this. But what she taught me is um, how to put one of my stiff fingers down on the shoelace and actually use my left hand slightly, very not very much, but just very little, until my right hand can figure out how to loop it. Oh, right? okay. And I think it took me, to be honest, I didn't, it didn't happen in one day. I think it took me four or five days that week. And the, the, the physical therapist always did it. I called it recess, but it's actually playtime. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she always did it right before playtime. So all week long, I was getting angry thinking, you know, all these other friends of mine are playing, and I'm stuck here learning how to tie <laughs> Right. <laughs> right? But I got to tell you, Jonathan, once I figured it out, it was very freeing. Mm, very mm. freeing, you know? So I wanted to, to share that moment. There's nothing really magical about that moment outside the fact that it was somebody that forced me to learn something I was afraid to do. Yeah. But, but I will tell you something honest about it. Even today, at my age, and I'm in my 40s, like, when I'm tying my shoot, when they do come, I'm done, people always look. And I realized, when I was younger, I'd be like, don't look at me, don't look at me. Yeah, yeah. But now I realize that it's just out of curiosity. Right. It's, it's, it, it must be completely different and unique to see somebody tie a shoe one-handed. Yeah, yeah, no. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally, I hear you. When I when I first got in my accident, I didn't I didn't want to like eat in public for some reason. Like I just felt like people were looking at me, even if they probably weren't. But I was just being like self conscious or whatever. And like I I had to have someone work with me to like bring me out to a restaurant and like slowly eek, you know you know eke me back into eating at restaurants. It was it was kind of weird, but I I get what you're saying though. When you feel like people are looking at you and so it's just like leave me alone. I'm just trying to do whatever you know like. <laughs> Move along. Nothing to see here. <laughs> so the, the first thing along the journey was learning how to tie a shoe. D during the same year, I learned how to ride a bike. Mm. And, and that day, I remember <laughs> it was, uh, I was in kindergarten. And it was wild because I was so frightened, so frightened that I was going to crash and hurt myself. And, of course, I did many times, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I wasn't getting any sympathy, man, because I'd fall down and be like, oh, mom, my knees hurt. And she's like, get up, get up, do it again. And I'm like, but my knees hurt, right? Yeah. So we went through that for a couple of hours. And then, you know, I kept on telling her I was, she was right behind me and I was pedaling as fast as I could. And I started to catch balance. Mm, mm. And what wound up happening is I'm like, Mom, I think I got it. You know, don't let go, though. Don't let go till I say it's time. Don't let go till I say it's time. And then a couple seconds later, I hear her yelling, like, come on. And I realize that she's far away. And I've, <laughs> caught, I've caught balance, right? Yeah. And that launched me into a lot of debauchery. Because once you have a bike, <laughs> right? Oh, man, yeah. But, you have motion. Well, you remember, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, when I, you know, before I got my accident, I mean, 
you know, at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I rode my bike everywhere. Even, like, next towns over everywhere. Like, it, you know, I, I wouldn't care if I pedaled for two hours. I, I would get wherever I wanted to go. It was awesome. Yeah, no, riding, I was the same way. But I live right by the beach. And when I get time, I pull the bike out and ride up and down the beach. Nice. And even today, remember I mentioned in the previous podcast that when I would ride my bikes down the hill, as a child, people get out of the way, and I think, <laughs> "Hey, man, I, I'm just, I'm just a badass." Right. And realistically, they're like, "Oh my God, this guy's gonna lose his balance and crash into us." <laughs> and you know, when I rode my bike around Hermosa Beach and Redondo Beach, kind of the same thing, man. <laughs> You're still a badass. Like, hey, how you doing? But as they're saying hi, they're swerving away. Right. <laughs> like, give him space. Give him space. And. For those of you who see me riding my bike along the Strand in Hermosa or along Redondo Beach around the pier, just know that I am fully insured. And <laughs> if I do if I do crash into you, you will be taken care of. I probably shouldn't have said that because now people are going to Yeah, yeah exactly. Now people are going to dive in front of you. <laughs> dive in front of me. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but the one hurdle that I always wanted to get over mm. was, was driving stick shift. Right? Yeah. And I never thought I would. And I've always been a fan of Porsche. That's been my, like, dream car since a child. And I never thought I would um, ever be able to drive one. But I remember I was in Austin, Texas. I was 19 years old. My girlfriend at the time, Trisha, got tired of hearing me complain about something I can't do. Mm, right? Mm. And, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to teach you how to drive a stick. She had a 1980 burnt orange Chevy Chevette. Nice. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm like, Trish, are you sure you want me to do this? And she's like, just do it because I'm tired of hearing you complain. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it took one afternoon. It literally only took like, you know, three, th 20, 30 minutes until I figured out how not to, like, stall the car every time. Yeah. So once I learned how to drive one, most of the cars I bought were standards. But the reason I wanted to talk about this topic today is simply that I think everyone has hurdles in their life. Mm. Everyone does. And, um, you know, they're never as bad as you think they are after you've completed it. Mm. Right? Mm. Isn't that always the case? Oh, totally. Absolutely. One thing that one thing that's that's funny too with this certain these three stories actually, which it, it's almost out of the normal for you, or at least for what I know of you. Like these three stories, like the, with tying your shoes, you you didn't want to you know you didn't want to bother learning how to tie your shoes, or you didn't want to deal with it. But the lady that you know you're helping, the lady that was at the center, she said, "Oh no, you're going to learn how to do this." But then yep. you know your mom. You were like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't ride a bike. But your mom's like, no, you're going to do this. And then, so your mom got you to overcome riding a bike. And then right. you were like, I'm never going to be able to drive a stick shift, I'm never going to be able to drive a stick shift. And your girlfriend was like, no, you're going to do it today. And so, like, in all three stories, you had an, an outside force pushing you forward. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good observation. I, you know, until this very moment, I never even connected that. So that, and, and like I said, that's not from what I know of you. That's that's not the norm, which is like, interesting on many levels. But you still had someone outside of you pushing you forward, even though you're normally the one pushing you forward. And you know, 
in all three cases, <laughs> my mom's going to probably kill me for this. <laughs> but in all, three, in all three cases, they were very loving but slightly mean women. <laughs> kind of pushing it, right? And, and, and I think, I think the bottom line is they were just like, you know, we're tired of hearing, we're tired of hearing him complain. Mm, mm. You're either going to do it or you're going to shut up about it. Yeah, yeah. And in all three cases, that was also the case. They're going to be like, we don't want to hear about this again. So either figure it out or don't talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I think that's probably a good spot yeah. to wrap this thing up at. Yeah, right? yeah. It was great. great uh, like I said, it was uh, awesome. I, I know you pointed this out before, but it's funny how your friend pointed it out. Like, hey, all those things are you in motion. And, and, that, and that's really cool. So Yeah, it is. And the funny thing is, it's it's fun. until today, I had never thought that all three people that taught me were women mm. and they were all, you know, people forcing me to do something I was afraid to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause usually I just throw caution to the wind and do something and figure out whether it's failing or succeeding later. Yeah. I'm the, <laughs> right? I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, listen, everyone. Um, Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Limping on Cloud Nine, Jonathan. You want to share with everyone where they can hear us? Yeah, so go to iTunes. We greatly appreciate any reviews you'd like to leave us, and you know, tweet uh, tweet about the podcast, share it on Facebook, whatever your favorite social media network is, uh, uh, your favorite of choice. Please spread the word, and uh, you know, again, leave leave any reviews that you can. Tell everyone know about us. And Hamad, how can they get a hold of you? Oh, they can email me directly at Hamad at HamadZadie.com. And you're like, whoa, I can't spell that. So <laughs> here it is. It took me a while to spell it, too, and it's my name. <laughs> but here it is. It's H-A-M-M-A-D at H-A-M-M-A-D-Z-A-I-D-I.com. There you go. There you go. There you go. Just like that. And, uh, again, Haman, it was awesome, you know, yet again, another great episode with you. And thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. And, uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And we will talk to you next episode. See ya. Oh, oh. and one last thing. Thank you for lending me your ears. All right. Everyone, thank you. And we'll talk to you next episode. See ya.